0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you on the broadcast every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the live feed. You can pick up on any device, your phone, your tablet, iPad, iPod, desktop, laptop, right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT. That is mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. Very excited, as always, for this part of the show, Fantasy Football Friday. And I am here every single Friday with Mike Sofka, my co host for Fantasy Football. We are in week three. We've led you through two weeks, hopefully to victories and helped you out on your end. We are here to speak on the week three matchups. We're going to get started with talking about the game last night, as we always do. We kind of take a look back at the game that happened on Thursday night as I gave you my advice heading into the game. And now you have an opportunity to hear from Mike and I on what we took away from that matchup against the Rams on the road at San Francisco for the 49ers game. Rams at 49ers, two big games. And and this is, you know, the Niners only had two wins last season, and they won both games against their divisional adversary in the NFC West the Rams. They beat them twice and the Rams didn't win many games themselves last season but this time around it was different. The Rams were able to get the victory on the road in one of the dare I say most exciting games we've seen in three weeks of the NFL. So with that being said we're bringing Mike Sofka into the show. Mike how you doing this morning? Great how are you? I'm doing well and Mike first and foremost What did you take away? What were your biggest notes of the Thursday night game with the Rams at the Niners where some people thought maybe this game was going to be 10 to nine and ended up being in a massively high scoring? I mean, it's 41 to 39. There were 80 points scored between the two teams. What did you take away from it?
1: I think Jared Goff looked pretty good. I think the dynamics of that Rams offense can show its head with Todd Gurley being able to make some plays. I mean, he can run the ball. He can catch the ball. We just needed uh, some balance in that attack. I think Sammy Watkins looked real good. You know, I, I think that you know, there's there's something there's something cooking in L. A. There, and it it looks like they're gonna have something special. You got Cooper Cup, who's just a rookie, and you know, seems to. I saw Carlos Hyde got dinged up and he looked like he was going to be out of the game. And I was like, oh, here we go. Carlos Hyde injury, attention. And, uh, you know, he came right back in and he ended up pretty strong.
0: Yeah, you know, in this game, it was definitely, you know, too unexpected. I mean, it was unexpected. I said going into the game that if you have them on your fantasy team, play Carlos Hyde, play Todd Gurley, and play Cooper Cup, because Cup looked to be, you know, at least early on and definitely in week one, he looked to be the guy that, Jared Goff seemed pretty comfortable with in the receiving core. And I made mention that Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, both coming from the Buffalo Bills, have done little to nothing in their career as of late. And, of course, they did what happens in the fantasy world a bunch of times, is that when you when you call out somebody on the show and say they haven't done much anything, they turn around and make you pay for it. So shout-out to Watkins and Woods. They both had six receptions, both had over 100 yards, and Watkins had – Two touchdowns in the game. They were each targeted seven times in the game. Cooper Cup was only targeted twice and and caught the ball both times. So he was 100% and and grabbing the ball when it was thrown his way. But there was a lot of emphasis on Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods in this game. And maybe that's the way the Rams are rolling is say, listen, we're going to put Cooper Cup out there. We're going to put this rookie out there out of eastern Washington, and people are going to have the expectation that he's always going to be our guy, and then we're going to take full advantage of people leaving Woods open and leaving Watkins open, and we're going to do what we got to do, and Watkins and Woods definitely came through. They're, they've been consistently inconsistent in their careers. Robert Woods coming from USC and being a really fast player, you thought that he'd do a lot in Buffalo, which did not happen when he was drafted by Doug Marone, who had to play against him when Syracuse went to MetLife Stadium and they in the New York College Classic and Woods didn't do too much there. Sammy Watkins also played against Syracuse and torched him out of Clemson and there wasn't a lot going on in Buffalo with him and he wasn't staying healthy. So shout out to both of those guys who probably were not on your fantasy roster. I wouldn't have had them on mine for that week. And, you know, they showed up in week three. So a big credit to them. On the other side, Pierre Garçon, you know, this is a guy who I said, if you're going to play any wide receiver for San Francisco, that's the only one I would tell you to put out there. He had 142 yards, 10 targets. That's double Marquise Goodwin, who is the second most targeted receiver by Brian Hoyer for San Fran. And Pierre caught 7 of 10 for 142 yards, averaging 20 yards per catch. Amazing play by him. Trent Taylor had a touchdown in the game. He had some nice plays as well even though he only had 32 yards on 3 catches. Goodwin, who also came from the Bills, looked nice. He had 62 yards, only caught 2 balls, but had some nice play down had a nice play down the stretch. And Brian Hoyer, dare I say, he's not looked half bad in the first 3 weeks. Two touchdowns, one pick in this game, 332 yards in the game which outdid Jared Goff, but Goff was 22 of 28, three touchdowns, no picks, and almost 300 yards. Fantasy-wise, Goff would have been good for you. Hoyer would have been good for you. Gurley and Hyde, as well as Woods, Watkins, and Garcon. So there was a lot of players that could have put in some work for you this week. And, you know, honestly, Mike, I'm surprised. Outside of Todd Gurley and Carlos Hyde, I didn't anticipate it looking the way that it looked, but, you know, the Rams and, and the Niners, I think they surprised most of us on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I thought it was actually entertaining. I thought, uh, you know, I like the color thing. I was hoping and hoping for a mustard and ketchup game. We got uh, mustard and some black unknown sauce. You know, it's always interesting when you do these color rush games or whatever they call them, where the team has these alternate colors. And, you know, it just kind of takes you takes you a step back for a second you have to relook at things like you know i when i first turned it on i was like is this west virginia versus you know some team that wants to be like oregon you know with the funny uniforms but you know i think that's something adds a new wrinkle to thursday night gives gives the fans something else to to talk about look forward to and or you know i i I dare say it but the fashion police whoever that is in your family are gonna you know like i'm bringing it up now i mean who who on a fantasy football segment talks about the color jersey? Who, who else but me?
0: I don't know, Mike. I really don't. I mean, I'm sitting here, and you know, you're you're giving us uh, what was the show that that Joan Rivers used to do? There was some fashion show on on the E Network, and and that's I mean, it's making me it's making me kind of go back to those moments and say, you know, are we are we going down that road? Is that what we're going to be talking about here? But I mean, hey. Listen, anything goes in Fantasy Football Friday here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, our home of all fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York. If you're in my leagues, come out to the Wildcat. If you're not in the league, come out to the Wildcat. Meet us, hang out with us, and join the league next season. Wildcat Sports Pub is located on 3680. Milton Avenue, in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, and for the first two weeks of fantasy football, you have gone out from my leagues, and even outside of my leagues, to the Wildcat, and you let me know. Thank you so much for giving me a shout out, and heading out there, and enjoying your time at the Wildcat Sports Pub. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, as I am in town. Last weekend, I was with the Jaguars, going up against Tennessee, in Everbank Field. This week, I am home, as they are in London, could have went to London, potentially, but I'm not going if the wife isn't coming. If I'm going overseas, she's got to go with me. And, you know, I'm just, yeah, not feeling that great about I mean, I just I hope that London and everybody is safe. I don't like what's going on overseas right now. But with that being said, this London game is heading up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Why so early, you ask? Well, because it's really not that early for the people of London. They're going to be in the afternoon when this happens Baltimore versus Jacksonville. The Jaguars have a deal with London and Wembley Stadium through 2020. They've given up a home game all the way through the foreseeable future. So they have seven home games as opposed to eight. They are the team that London has seen more than any other team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they will be there against the Ravens at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time at Wembley Stadium in London. Mike, what do you have for this game?
1: Well, this one should be a good defensive game. It should be a good running attack game. Uh, I'm not super excited about the quarterbacks in this one, either side of the ball. uh, You you know, Flacco, Bortles, I think they're going to be pedestrian at best. I've got them downgraded a tad for this game. Uh, Running the ball, though, is where it's going to be at. I think Javorius Allen may end up getting more of a feature role this week. Terrence West dinged up. Um, you know, he's always the good PPR guy there anyway the past couple weeks, but now it looks like, you know, he's definitely a guy you want to play. I got him as an RB2 this week, 15 overall, for, or 15 out of the running backs. And Fournette's right behind him at 17. So, you know, Jack going to try to run the offense through Fournette. And, you know, when they're done doing that, I think they need to do that some more because you definitely don't want to put the game in the hands of, of Blake Bortles. Neither, you know, side has a real dominant tight end or – real dominant receiving situation at this point, and I don't think it's going to it's gonna come to that in the game. I think it's going to be, again, a low-scoring running game. It's going to be a quick game because the clock's going to run.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think in this game with Baltimore and Jacksonville in in London in Wembley Stadium is definitely going to be a game that could showcase their rushing attack. I do agree with Mike on this one. I want to take a look at the injury report that the Jaguars sent over for both teams, and I appreciate it for them doing this. Uh, Blake Bortles, right wrist, uh, full participant in practice. Alan Hearns, shoulder, full participant in practice. Uh, limited as of Thursday, uh, limited in practice for Tayshon Gibson, who has gotten interception this season and got his hands going after one in this last game. Uh, Brandon Linder, the center for the team, he was limited with a knee injury. Cam Robinson was limited with a shoulder injury. And Malik Jackson limited with a groin injury, and those can be nagging, so you've got to be careful with that type of stuff. And then he did not practice at the starting cornerback position. He has an ankle injury. And Jalen Strong, who was just brought in, the former Houston Texans wide receiver, who could be a nice little spark to the offense. He has a hamstring injury and did not practice on Thursday. On the other side of it, uh, Terrence West did not practice on Thursday, but he returned to practice today. And then outside of that, there's not too much to be concerned about. Max Williams, a tight end for the team, not utilized a lot. He didn't practice. but So Terrence West, he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but he did return to practice today. So you want to watch that. If Terrence West is going to be green lit for the game, I would play Terrence West in this one for the backfield of Baltimore, and I would play Javaris Allen The two of them both have over 100 yards rushing on the season already, and Javoris Allen has been involved all over the place. He has a touchdown receiving, and Terrence West has two touchdowns on the ground. If you have either one of them, this is what I was hoping would happen last year. I thought the team would have a nice two-headed attack this year. It's starting to come to fruition the guys have grown together and obviously gotten comfortable together, at least through the first couple games. So I would play Javoris Allen and Terrence West for the Baltimore Ravens. On the other side of it, you got to put Leonard Fournette out there. He's the guy that's going to get this team pushing and going. The man, I mean, I saw him firsthand at the game. Just I, the things that he was able to do against Tennessee despite the loss – you know he would he would bang into a defender trying to tackle him and just give him the shoulder and knock him off and then another guy would grab his ankle and he would pull out of it and keep running. This is a guy who is a very excited about this and what he's got going on in this game. Jalen Strong, who I mentioned, he's going to be out. He has a hamstring injury. Great to finally bring him on to you know the Jaguars go out and get him from a divisional rival the Houston Texans and the first week that he can play he's out with a hamstring injury so really sad for that type of news but hopefully things will get better for him moving forward as the Jaguars are looking for depth at wide receiver but I would play Leonard Fournette in this one I would consider if you got to go really deep to put Chris Ivory out there because he has caught some nice passes out of the backfield and Alan Hearns seems to have a party when he's out in London. So Hearns wouldn't be a bad guy to put out there. He's questionable with a shoulder injury, but Hearns is one of those guys that was brought up when it came to the games that he's had and the opportunity he had in London recently. So if you want to put Hearns out there as your third or fourth wide receiver, I'm not going to be mad at you about that one to give him a chance and, and throw him out there for your team. So that's what it looks like for me. Heavy on the rush. And then maybe some opportunity to Alan Hearns or Chris Ivory. The next game that Mike and I have up is Denver at Buffalo. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, Denver, you know, you, you look at Trevor
1: Simeon last week, and I've had people ask me if they should start Trevor Simeon over a certain quarterback that they have on their team, and and, and I would say no. I, I mean, but he's, he's going to be playing that Trent Dilfer role from from when Trent Dover took the Ravens to the Super Bowl. They got a a great defense, a great rushing attack. Just don't turn the ball over. So, what you you know, I I would say definitely not on a Trevor Simeon. I mean, I have him the number 17 quarterback. There are worse options this week. But, you know, you're going to rely on a C.J. Anderson. You're going to rely on, you know, some of the receivers, especially in a PPR situation there, Emmanuel Sanders and Marius Thomas. Both low-level wide receiver twos. Uh, Nothing really to report on a tight end uh, respect for either team. Tyrod Taylor is a great running quarterback. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that you need from a Tyrod Taylor. So, again, I'm downplaying a Tyrod Taylor. But, again, the rushing attack here is is what makes Buffalo move. So I I would say if you have LaShawn McCoy, you're fine there. Not really excited about any of the receiving prospects in Buffalo. So, again, another running game, another game that should move fast without a lot of passes
0: and clock stoppage. Yeah, looking at Denver and Buffalo, just some notes here for both of the teams. Devontae Booker, who people are still waiting for, was a rookie last season, and there was some hope and expectation. I know Mike brought him up last year that he could, you know, take over the starting job. And Devontae had some issues last year and has not played in a game this year yet due to injury. The Broncos head coach Vance Joseph said he isn't sure if Booker's wrist will be ready for Sunday's game, which has left him questionable. Benny Fowler, who has a concussion, didn't practice on Wednesday. Most likely he'll be out. And Benny Fowler, the third, if you didn't know his name and it wasn't a household name, can I, can, I mean, honestly, I don't think a lot of people knew who Benny Fowler was, and then he went off in week one, and he was trying to go off in week two before getting hurt, so make sure that uh, you just keep an eye on Benny Fowler, but he's most likely out for this one. Brandon Tate for the Bills, he is out for this game, was a healthy and active uh, for the loss recently, so he could be out for this one as well. I don't think anybody has him on the team. Nick O'Leary, their tight end, has a hamstring injury. Outside of that, really nothing for you to be concerned about as far as injuries go with the Bills. So to look at this one, you know, as Mike said, Trevor Simeon's not the worst option. If you could play two quarterbacks, definitely play Simeon. If if you need some help, if somebody got hurt, Trevor Simeon is not a bad choice to put out there. CJ Anderson, you should definitely put out there. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and the Denver defense and special teams. All of it. Throw it all out there. It's As far as Buffalo goes, you'd like to think that LaShawn McCoy is 110 yards in week one and nine yards in week two is not going to be where he's going from 110. You would would hope that he's going to swing back in the right direction. LaShawn McCoy is the only guy I feel good about. Zay Jones, I've been waiting to get him going. He's been targeted a lot more six times in this last game, only caught two of them, though. So, you know, LaShawn McCoy for Buffalo, but... Denver, Denver may pour this baby on. This might be a 34 to three game. So just make sure that you're because I think Dallas is a a far better team than Buffalo. So just make sure that you watch this one closely with the Denver Broncos. I think if you're a Denver fan, or if you're not a fan of the Bills, you're going to have a good time watching it. I definitely think that Denver is going to be able to pass the ball and run the ball and defend against it. And on the other side, LaShawn McCoy, it's hard for me to say, leave him off for you. But his game last week was very, very, very atrocious and disgusting. So hopefully that doesn't happen to you again. The worst thing that could happen to LaShawn McCoy is 12 carries for nine yards and then having Denver's defense meet him the following week. But I do think that he'll be able to get some stuff done. However, I don't know how much it's going to be. It might be 30 yards and maybe a touchdown, knowing that... Buffalo is going to run the ball because Denver is going to know that they're going to run the ball and they're going to stack the box. So could be a long day for Buffalo in this one. Pittsburgh at Chicago. What do you have for this, Mike? Well, this is going to be all Pittsburgh. You know, if you have,
1: you know, Pittsburgh weapons on your offense in fantasy football, I don't need to tell you. You need to start them, especially in this game. I got Roethlisberger, still with UB1, number seven quarterback this week. But, you know, I like Antonio Brown. I I, I like Le'Veon Bell. They're, arguably number one in both their respective positions. Uh, Tight end, not so much, although if you're in a touchdown league, you know, you may consider it Jesse James. He seems to be a guy they're looking toward lately here. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if Vance McDonald's ever going to get back on the field again. I'll believe it when I see it. They, They stole him from San Fran, but you know, on the other side of the ball here, I'm not sure what Chicago has going other than Tariq Cohen. Jordan Howard's dinged up. Looks like they're going to monitor his touches or put him on account. So I got Jordan Howard downgraded to a, to a high-level RB3 this week. Uh, Tariq is really your pass-catching type kind of guy. So if you're in a PPR league, he's the one I actually have him ranked higher than Jordan Howard. So there's going to be more of a committee, more of a share there. And it looks like the Lightning's going to outdo the Thunder. You know, I I don't know who's catching the ball in Chicago. I don't know who the quarterback is for all intents and purposes. You know, I'm being funny here. I just, they're not showing up. So if you have any of those position guys, I'm sorry, you're probably 0-2. Yeah,
0: you know, Chicago is just, it's a very ugly it's just, a. I mean, it, it is It is what we thought they were. I mean, Chicago is what we thought they were. And in the words of Denny Green, God bless, Chicago is who we thought they were. They are playing probably a little bit worse than maybe you thought they would, but not having the quarterback, not knowing who it's going to be, not having an answer, answer in the receiving core, not having an answer on defense. You know, this is stuff we've been saying for years. And when you look at this game, And having Pittsburgh come to town on the road at Chicago, dare I say that Cleveland posed a bigger threat to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one than Chicago will in week three. I would play Ben Roethlisberger, play Le'Veon Bell, play Martavis Bryant because he's getting looks with them trying to key in on Antonio Brown, but also play Antonio Brown because it's Chicago's defense. And even if they're trying to key in on Antonio, they're not going to stop him, in my opinion. As far as Chicago, Tariq Cohen, he didn't have a great week last week, but as Mike said, he's the guy that is catching the ball of the backfield, he's running the ball, he had seven carries for 13 yards, Howard had nine for seven, but Tariq also had eight catches for 55 yards, and that's going to help him out. So, Jordan Howard is dinged up, he does have an injury, he is in a situation right now where he is being monitored for his shoulder injury and was limited in practice this week, so you definitely want to watch on that, but... I would, I would say play Tariq Cohen. I picked him up after week one. I went and snuck and put him on the roster and stashed him there and said if I need him for something, I got him. And he's really the guy. I mean, he's he's what Jordan Howard is supposed to be right now. So Tariq Cohen is the guy to play for Chicago. And with Pittsburgh, you might want to consider their defense and special teams. And everybody else I said, Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, worth the play. Jesse James, their tight ends. Has been limited in practice with an ankle injury. If he's good to go, this is a game that could see him in the middle of the end zone catching that pass from a couple yards out, so consider him too. Atlanta at Detroit, what do you have for this? Well, you know, this one should be a high-scoring affair. This one should be good for for quarterbacks. You know, I I have Matt
1: Ryan, number five quarterback this week, and, you know, I think when you think the— Matt Ryan, you think the Falcons? Of course, you think Julio Jones. You think Devontae Freeman? Those are all, you know, number one guys in their position. Tevin Coleman's going to be a guy, especially if you're in a PPR league, that's going to get you some points too on Atlanta's side. So, I think it's going to be mostly Atlanta. But Detroit looked pretty good. You know, how can you take away from Detroit what Detroit does? I don't think they got a solid, solid rushing attack, but. You know, it's been Stafford. I I have him downgraded a little bit in this game, but I have him downgraded to the number four quarterback. (laughs) So, I mean, if if you're looking for quarterback play, this is the game. If you're looking for some solid receiving, this is the game because Golden Tate's going to be a wide receiver too. Uh, Eric Ebron, you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are hurt in a tight end position. In quite a few leagues. 14% Fourteen percent of the people playing uh, ESPN went out and picked him up, but he's still available in like half the league. So, you know, if you you have a tight end position problem with an injury, there's a lot of guys dinged up. Jordan Reed, Gronk's got a groin. I think those guys will be a go. But you know, let's not forget a Greg Olson situation. There's a lot of there's a lot of injuries at tight end. Tyler Eifert. So, I mean, you could run out and get an Eric Ebron. He might do you right this week. I got him as the number eight tight end this week.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, I think this game is going to be a high scoring game. I think we could get in the thirties for both teams in this one. I, and, and the reason why I say that is has to do with Vic Beasley being out. Vic Beasley, linebacker who came from those of you that know the great, the great team of, of Clemson came from the Tigers. Vic Beasley, is going to be out for this game with a hamstring injury, which frees open the middle of the field, which could help out in the rushing attack and with the tight ends. So when you look at him being out for Atlanta, you have to look at Detroit's side of things and say, okay, well, I would play Matt Stafford in this game. I would look at Eric Ebron. He's going to go over the middle. I would consider Marvin Jones because even though he hasn't gotten a lot of yardage, he's scored in the first two weeks. And, I, you know, and outside of that, Amir Abdullah, if you need a running back three or four, Not a bad option. As I said, we've seen him in the first two games this year, thank God. And hopefully we see him for the entire season healthy and ready to go. On the other side of it for Atlanta, Matty Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Tevin. I know Tevin Coleman has made a bunch of you upset. I've gotten upset too. But he did get a receiving touchdown last week. He was able to get 42 yards on the ground. Devontae Freeman is doing his job even though he got that big money. So it's good to see some guys slow down. He did not after getting the big contract. So Devontae and Tevin, I'd still play them both. Julio Jones, worth the play. Austin Hooper, I think is worth the play in this game. I know that he is inconsistent, but he's also the tight end that's out there for Matt Ryan. So at any given time, he could break one. And Mohamed Sanu, dare I say, out of Rutgers, maybe finally, since a couple of years ago when I said to do it, maybe I'm telling you, Not a bad idea to put them out there on the field for you this week if they're going to key in on Julio Jones. So, Plenty of offensive firepower on both sides of the field. I don't trust either one of the defenses in this game to do too much. As I said, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, and I think you're going to be safe putting either your Falcons or your Lions out there of those that I mentioned for you. Cleveland at Indianapolis. Who do you have for this one, Mike? Oh. I'll have either defense.
1: I think that's it. I mean, this is a this is a rough game. This is a game that I'm not sure I'm going to be excited to watch at all. And if I watch Red Zone, I don't think I'll be seeing much of this game at all because I'm not sure how either team is going to make it to the end zone. Both teams are deficient at quarterback. Both teams, in my opinion, are deficient at running back. I mean. Frank Gore is going to get the touches. He's a low end running back too this week and you know on the other side of the ball, Isaiah Crowell is going to be the guy that gets most of the touches but I just don't it's hard to find anything exciting for either one of these teams. TY Hilton's been a downgraded guy. I just I, if you if you're streaming defenses, if you play defense week to week and play the matchups, you know right now this week I got Indianapolis as the number 4 defense. And I've got Cleveland as a number seven defense. So if
0: you're looking to stream a defense, that's the biggest thing I can say for you in this game. Yeah, you know, when I, when I look at this game between these two teams, I mean, you, you think that Cleveland, with what they have on their roster, you think that they'd be able to put some more things together every year. You kind of look at them and say, well, they improved here, potentially improved there but it doesn't seem to show up on paper and wins and losses and points scored. Indianapolis, I told you two years ago that they were figuring out Andrew Luck and that they were figuring out this team. And I also said that because of his injury, that's going to affect him too. So, you know, with Andrew Luck out injured and even when he's healthy, this team having people kind of figure them out puts him in a situation where I'm not surprised. I don't think – I mean – I said it before, if Jacksonville and Tennessee wake up this year at some point in the season early enough to win enough games, Houston and Indy are going to have a giant wake-up call because Indy is not that good, and Houston is not that good, so they just need a team to be pretty darn good, average or better, to take the division from them in the AFC South. When I look at this matchup between the two, Cleveland and Indianapolis, you know, Isaiah Crowell, I'd put him out as a running back three or four on your team if you got to go deep. I thought he was going to be better. His yardage last season, his numbers, I mean, you look at what he put together last year, and this is what got him into the top ten in my fantasy ranker, is if you look at what he did last year, you would never anticipate him to be a top ten running back because you're not really paying attention to Cleveland. Not many people are. In, in my opinion, unless you're a Browns fan, and even then so. But he had 952 rushing yards, 40 catches, and 7 touchdowns last year. And he's had a pristine record in his three seasons in the NFL, playing in all 16 games in each season, an impeccable sign of durability for Isaiah Crowell. So, you know, with that being said, if you want to put him out there, he's not a running back one or two. He is a three or four. And on the other side of things, for Indy you can consider Frank Gore. Marlon Mack is definitely getting the touches, but he didn't do much with him in the second game of the season. First game, he was getting a lot of goal line touches and opportunities. So, you know, Marlon, if you got to dig really, really deep, if you got to throw somebody on there because you got injuries happening, if David Johnson was your main guy and you had to go to a couple other people and move them up your roster and you have one more spot open, then maybe in this game, Marlon, these are the games where where a guy like Marlon Mack might squeak a touchdown in. But I look at the rushing attack, and I look at the tight ends. I look at Jack Doyle versus David Njoku. If anything's going to happen in this game, I look to the tight ends, David Njoku of Cleveland, Jack Doyle of Indianapolis, and then I look at Isaiah Crowell, Frank Gore, and if you gotta if you gotta dig Marlon Mack, I mean that's I really see this game as check downs and safety, and that's going to your running backs and going to your tight ends. Next game up is Tampa Bay at Minnesota. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, this should be an interesting game. I think this fits, uh what we consider to be a high power offense for the Buccaneers, and they have a solid defense as well against the upstart Minnesota team with Sam Bradford that might be back at quarterback this week. You know. It, hearing Sam Bradford might be coming back and that knee, the swelling's reduced and that, you know, he's a little bit more mobile and needed some time there. You know, this may be a frequent thing throughout the year where he's up and down, up and down. So you're going to want to watch, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs and Adam dealing. I got them a tick back up this week, but not much because I don't know what to expect from Bradford. Is he going to play the whole game? You know, how's this going to shake out? So he's been out a week, you know, and, and that kind of works, to balance things because remember the Bucks lost their first game, so they really only have one game under their belt. So I think it's going to be more Bucks than not in this game. I like a Jameis Winston in this game; he's a high-end quarterback too. Stat uh, Bradford, I'm not sure about. You know, there's a lot of question marks there. I have him a low-end quarterback too right now. Uh, and like I said about Digs and dealing, I got them as. Uh, high-end wide receiver three for Thielen, low-end wide receiver two for Diggs. Dalvin Cook, though, is going to be the way that they go. He's the low-end running back one this week. You know, I think he has that dynamic where he can come out and catch the ball. He can run the ball between the tackles. He can break one to the outside. He's definitely an exciting player to watch. Um, and, and and for the Bucks, Jacquez Rogers You know, he's going to get most of the touches, most of the looks. He's their starting running back. I know they have some committee until Doug Doug Martin gets back. He's a low-end running back, too, this week. And how can you forget a Mike Evans? Mike Evans is just, he's he's an athlete. You know, it looks like he's... He's going to be able to play this week, and he should be a number four overall as far as the receivers go this week. So definitely getting you some production. Sean Jackson disappointed last week. The tight ends haven't shown up yet either. So you know that's why Jamison isn't a solid QB one yet. But they only had one game under their belt, and Minnesota's a tight defense. So you know this one's going to be definitely an interesting game to watch. That dynamic about the Bucks offense versus the Minnesota defense.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch this one. Tampa at Minnesota. You know, you, you would think maybe a couple of years ago, who would be saying that this would be a fun game to watch? But in all honesty, it's going to be exciting. If Sam Bradford plays, it's going to be exciting. Uh, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer said Bradford with a knee injury was limited in Thursday's practice, which was yesterday, for those of you listening in live here right now, to Fantasy Football Friday. Proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. The Wildcat is home to all NFL and fantasy football lovers, right on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, and that is where we go to watch the game, So make sure that you head there too. With that being said, you know this, like I like I said in the past, who would think Tampa, Minnesota would be fun to watch, but. It has. I mean, I think this is going to be a good game if Bradford is healthy enough to go, and that's a big if. Tampa Bay on their side, Jaquas Rodgers, I've said it over and over again, and I'll continue to say it until Tampa finally makes the move and believes me, Jaquas Rodgers should, should be their starting tailback no matter what. He should be their starter even with Doug Martin there because Doug Martin is consistently inconsistent and he's a problem. Doug Martin gets suspended over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. Jaquas Rodgers, when they need somebody, when they need some help, they can lean on him and he can get it done more so than Charles Sims. So I like Jaquas Rodgers in this game and I hope that he gets some damn respect and they let him stay in when Doug Martin comes back. Mike Evans is worth the play. Deshaun Jackson, I've never been really sold on in Philadelphia. So I don't really look to him to do too much. He might have a couple breakout games this season, but Mike Evans is the guy. Now, I don't think Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard are going to stay quiet forever, but neither one of them has done enough in just one game for me to say definitely play them. I like Mike Evans. I like Jacquez Rogers on Tampa side. On Minnesota, the home team side, listen, no matter what happens, you play Delvin Cook because if Case Keenum is going to be the quarterback, they're going to run the ball. And if Sam Bradford's going to be the quarterback, they're still going to run the ball. The people affected if Case Keenum is the quarterback are Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs. If Sam Bradford is good to go, consider Diggs and Thielen, as well as Rudolph. If Sam Bradford is ruled out for the game, then just go with Delvin Cook. So that's a big if, and you can find the injury report on WakeUpCallDT.com, right under the Fantasy Football tab. You go to the Fantasy Football tab on WakeUpCallDT.com and click on Injury Report. Proudly presented by 315 Chiropractic and Dr. Tim Whiting, the best chiropractor for you in Central and Upstate New York. So, really when it comes to Minnesota, it's leaning heavily on Sam Bradford and his health for that game, but Delvin Cook, no matter what, is somebody that you got to put out there. So, he's going to he's going to get you touches and opportunities no matter what. He may bode well, even better without Bradford, but it's I mean it's hard to say. He did well with Bradford, without Bradford, he was still the leading rusher and still the guy that got the most yards from any rusher or receiver in the game. But, you know, he's a safe bet. Diggs and Thielen, I would love to see them get something going, but I don't trust Case Keenum if he's going to be the guy. Houston at New England. What do you have for this one?
1: Yeah, anytime you go to New England, it's going to be a tough game, especially when you're facing a guy named Tom Brady. You know, I know Houston's got a great defense, but it's Tom Brady for last week. So, you know, you definitely – I don't need to tell you if you have Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a must start. On the other side of the ball, not so much with Deshaun Watson – I think Belichick is going to take advantage of Watson's strengths and make him want to run, make him want to get outside the pocket. The question is, is can they contain that? Can they stop that? And I think they'll be able to, even with the injuries they've had in New England recently, is great for the Texans. But, you know, they can run the ball a little bit. Lamar Miller is definitely a guy you want to play. I got him as a mid-level running back, too. On the other side of the ball, you don't know who the guy is going to be necessarily for New England. You want to say that it's going to be James White in a PPR situation, but watch out for the emergence of Rex Burkhead. He seems to be the guy they're wanting to force the ball to. It looked like they tried to do that in game one. Game two, they had a little more success when they only had three receivers. Burkhead was lined up in the slot a lot, and they gave him some looks. So if you're definitely in a PPR league and you're scrambling for – you know, an extra running back or a flex, that might be a play. Chris Hogan has showed up for them big time. I thought that he played, you know, the best out of the receivers there, even better than Brandon Cooks. But you got to play a Brandon Cooks. He's a wide receiver one. He's a great blocking receiver, and that doesn't pay you in fantasy. But, you know, math is going to be math. New England's going to score. Brady's going to throw some touchdowns. And you gotta think that Brandon Cooks is gonna be a guy who's gonna definitely start to show up big here on the stat sheet. On Houston side, not so much. You know, the, the running attack is there, but you know, I'm not sold on anything they have in the passing game yet. So, you know, if you're looking for a defensive play from Houston, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, you're in New England,
0: but definitely look for, you know, this to be all New England in the game. Yeah, when when I look at this game with Houston at New England in this matchup for Week Three, go to Houston. I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson he can make some things happen with his legs, but he has. I mean, he's going up against the New England Patriots, and there's going to be you know him in the open field against the Patriots against their front line and, and second line of defense. You have to be a little bit concerned for how much Deshaun's gonna run. I'm gonna run in this one just because of the fact that he's going to go up against some pretty hefty players. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is worth a consider to put out there. Uh, Obviously, uh, Lamar Miller, potentially, you could consider him out there. Deontay Foreman hasn't done too much in the game. Alfred Blue, Will Fuller, the fifth guys that you would keep out. I mean, Will Fuller's not going to play. He's still not ready to play. And Alfred Blue, you shouldn't have on your team. So I would say consider DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. Consider Lamar Miller at running back. As far as the Patriots go... Tom Brady I like him in this game Mike Gillisley I told you about him before the season started and he has done well in the first couple weeks. He scored a touchdown in every single week three in the first one in the second. He is definitely worth putting out there for you as far as injuries go. The Patriots, as you know, always have like the most offensive players injured and I put big bunny ears around those those were that word injured. Danny Amendola concussion and knee injury. He is most likely out. Rob Gronkowski has a groin injury. He's questionable. Rex Burkhead has a rib injury. He's questionable. Chris Hogan has a knee injury. Philip Dorsett has a knee injury. They're both questionable. If Chris Hogan is good to go, you put Chris Hogan out there for your team. If Gronk is ready to go, you put Gronk out there. If James White, I mean, he's another guy who's a good flex option for you if you got to dig deep. So I look to him, too, and Rex Burkhead, not a bad option. So there's a lot offered to you by the Patriots, and it depends on who is healthy and ready to go when it comes to Gronk, Hogan, and Burkhead. Gillis Lee, James White, those guys should be good to go for you. Tom Brady, obviously, put them all out there. And I would lean on Chris Hogan. I think Chris Hogan's really going to be a special player for the team this season and, and potentially beyond that. Miami at the Jets, before we take our first step aside. Miami at the New York Jets. What do you have for this one?
1: Oh. If you have some Jets, just forget about it. Again, you're 0-2, so put your Jets guys with your Bears guys and and call it a day. If you have some Dolphins like Jay Ajayi, he's going to be a top running back against the Jets this week. Um, You know, the quarterback situation of Miami is pedestrian. You know, I think as long as they don't turn the ball over, as long as Jay Cutler can just relax, have a smoke, and not throw an interception, they're going to be okay. If you're looking for a receiver, you're definitely looking on Miami's side. Maybe a Landry. Um, I, I'm not sure about Parker in this game, but he seems to be the the better of the two options. But I know the coach really like Coach Adam Gase really likes Landry there, so look for Landry to get some extent uh, uh, extra looks this week. The Jets are the Jets. You know, I, I I'm just disappointed that the Dolphins even have to play the Jets. But you know what? When the Dolphins and the Jets get together, it's almost like you can throw the records out. You can throw the injuries out. You can throw the quarterback situation out. They always seem to play a tighter game than you think. And sometimes the other guy wins the guy you don't think is supposed to win. Now, this game is in New York, and that bodes better for the Jets. But uh, I still think, Miami's the team here. And uh, again, if you have a Miami player, you're all right with starting them, but uh, not so much on the
0: Jets. Yeah, when it comes to this game with Miami at the New York Jets at MetLife, I got it all on Miami's side. You know, I look to Jay Ajayi in this game at running back. I look to Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry as wide receivers. And I wouldn't put it past Jay Cutler if you can play two quarterbacks. But if you have Aaron Rodgers or you have Phillip Rivers or you have, you know, even an angry Dak Prescott right now, I I don't know if I'd put him over Jay Cutler, but Cutler's, he's not a terrible option because it is the Jets. So just, just know that, know that I said that here on the show in case he goes crazy. As far as the Jets go, you know, McCown has not, he's not had bad statistical games. He's just the Jets quarterback and, they lose a lot, so you know if you have to dig really, really deep. Jermaine Kearse, I guess you put him out there as a fourth wide receiver or a third wide receiver. He has scored and he's been the leading receiver for the Jets. But I don't feel about feel good about anything with the Jets. I would play the the Dolphins defense and special teams as well. I mean, for me, it's. It's Jay Ajayi, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry. Jay Cutler's not a bad quarterback, especially if you can play two of them. And in this situation, Miami's defense and special teams potentially looks to bode well in this game. We'll get to the Giants at Philadelphia after this fast break as we continue Fantasy Football Friday advice for week three here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Mike Sofka, myself, Dan Tortora, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue, in Camillus, New York, right in the Home Depot Plaza. Your home for fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York.
1: This is a wake-up
0: call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue. 315- 487 2222 for the Wildcat family friendly sports pub and restaurant. Wow. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. In the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street. In Syracuse, New York, in the regional market, across from Destiny, in the middle of Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, right in the Home Depot Plaza. Get right off at Hinsdale Road off the highway. Take that left, pull into the Home Depot Plaza, and you are there. For those of you coming from West Genesee area, you just got to go up. You just got to go up and over the hill. It's as easy as that. Go up the hill, down the hill, and there you are, not at grandmother's house, but at the next best thing, Wildcat Sports Pub, to watch your fantasy football and enjoy yourself with some awesome, awesome house wings, great food, great atmosphere, and it's family-friendly, which many sports bars cannot boast of being family-friendly and being a sports bar. The Wildcat finds a way to marry them together, and I've experienced it enough times to say that it it just works. So, Bring the kids, bring your girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, family members, whoever it may be, co-workers, colleagues, the person you're playing up against in fantasy, and come hang out at the Wildcat and watch week three of the NFL and fantasy football. With that being stated, we are here, Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tatora, giving you our advice on every week three matchup for Sunday and Monday. The Giants in Philadelphia are the next up on the ticker here. Giants on the road in Philadelphia. What do you have for this one, Mike?
1: Well, the Giants need to run the ball. They need to learn how to run the ball because they're not passing the ball real well. Odell's banged up with that high ankle sprain still. Brandon Marshall's not catching the ball. And Ingram trying to break break through, trying to be the guy that they're going to look at at tight end here. And he's a guy you could pick up if you're going to need a backup tight end to cover a bye week pretty soon. but. The guy they need to get on the field, the guy they need to try to get a winning game with is a guy you need to run out and pick up. His name's Wayne Gallman out of Clemson. Hasn't gotten on the field, needs to get on the field. The problem is he's not known as a blocker. He's had challenges with the past blocking schemes. So what if they know he's going to run the ball when he's on the field? You're not running the ball now with Paul Perkins, Shane Doreen. I don't think Orleans Dark was the answer. Let's go with the Wayne Gallman. Let's see what the guy can do. He comes from a good pedigree. The program, Clemson, won a national championship. The guy knows how to run the football. That's why you drafted him. Let's put Wayne Gallman on the field. Let's run the ball. That'll open things up for the passing game. So, it's it's you know, it doesn't really matter if you're not blocking. I get it. If you don't have the offensive line working and doing their job, I get it. But right now, what else do you have? What, 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 what are you going to do otherwise? On the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz, yeah, he's a low-end QB1. People are getting overexcited, temporary expectations. He's going to play well, and he's worth a start if you have him. But, you know, I don't want to hear about Wentz as the MVP and all this nonsense coming out of Philly. Of course, when you talk about Philly, you, you know they can run the ball. You know they're going to run the ball in Philly. And you know that they can pass the ball with Wentz. But I'm not really sold on a lot of their guys in this game. I mean, I guess in the receiver role, if you have Beckham, you're going to have to roll them out. If you have Marshall, I don't know. I may bench Marshall because he hasn't been doing anything. On the other side with the Eagles, geez, you know, I just don't know what they're going to do against the Giants here. This is always one of those throw out the records. You know, again, this is a divisional game. This is a tough game. But if I had if, if I had Zach Ertz, I'd be real excited. I think Zach Ertz is the one dynamic player, the one guy they're
0: constantly getting the ball to in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, it, it, I, I like to say it. I know I mess around, but it feels so good at Ertz. So, I mean, if, if it was me, I would be putting Zach Ertz out there. He's the one I feel most confident about uh, of anybody on either team, on either side. I don't feel confident in telling you to play Eli Manning, and I brought up Wayne Goldman before on the show Mike just brought him up this kid's from Clemson he obviously knows how to win he knows how to play he is somebody who is a fourth string running back on the team right now who has not gotten a carry in any of the first two weeks for the Giants it is beyond me because Paul Perkins has done Paul Perkins most recently seven carries ten yards Shane Vereen, 6 carries, 28 yards. Orleans Darkwa, 3 carries, 17 yards. Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver, 2 carries, 7 yards. 18 carries for 62 yards for the team, and their loss to Detroit. Let's go to week 1, shall we, when they lost 19-3 to the Cowboys. 12 carries for 35 yards. Sterling Shepard, 1 carry for 6. Darkwa, 3 for 14. Perkins, 7 for 16. Eli Manning, 1 for negative 1. 12 carries for 35 yards so 35 yards in week one on the ground added to what they had this past week which was 62 so they have 97 yards in two weeks where LaShawn McCoy despite having a bad week last week had 110 in one week so LaShawn McCoy outdid you in a week Ezekiel Elliott outdid you in a week and you in two weeks still haven't broken 100 yards I think Orleans Darkwa could be an answer. I know Mike said he doesn't. I would like to see Orleans be the number one guy. But put Wayne Gallman behind him. Give me Orleans Darkwa and Wayne Gallman. What is the other choice? What else could happen? If you don't do what I think you should do, which is trade for Adrian Peterson because he doesn't fit with the Saints, then... Play Orleans Darkwa and Wayne Gallman and call it a day. If I'm Wayne Gallman and I'm sitting on the bench watching this complete and utter disgusting, vomitous play of football in the rushing attack for the Giants, I would look at Coach and say, if you don't want me, trade me. If you don't want me, let me go somewhere. Let me go get 19 touchdowns for the New England Patriots because why am I sitting here on the bench? I won a national championship. I know what it takes to go out there and play the game. Let me go somewhere else. Let me go live my life somewhere else because if you don't appreciate me, somebody else will and the Giants don't have excuses of not going out and playing the popcorn maker from Giants MetLife Stadium at this point as their running back. So Orleans Darqua, Wayne Gallman, would be great to see you guys out there in this game. But I wouldn't play anybody from the rushing attack right now for the Giants. Fantasy-wise, the only Giant I'm going to tell you to consider is Evan Engram, their tight end, who I told you to draft because him and David Njoku, as rookie tight ends, pretty darn good, thought they would get some looks. And only two weeks into the season, Engram got a touchdown for the Giants and Njoku got one for the Cleveland Browns. So, on one side of it, it's Evan Engram. On Philly's side of it, I don't... I'm not very fond of their rushing attack. Carson Wentz, not saying much. Zach Ertz, I like. I'd consider Alshon Jeffrey because they're playing the garbage of the New York Giants. So, outside of those two, really nobody else. LeGarrett Blunt, potentially, if you got to go really, really deep, I mean, he is a guy that could find his way, and this is a divisional game, so they could send him out there to be a workhorse, and he can beat up on him a little bit. I don't like Odell Beckham Jr. since he came back. I'm not very fond of what he has. And the sad thing about Wayne Goleman is he is inactive, or he was inactive in the last game, but hopefully they'll activate him in this one. As far as Philadelphia goes injury-wise, just to let you know, Donnell Pumphrey is on injury reserve outside of that. There's nobody else showing up on the report. So for the Giants, Evan Ingram. For the Eagles, Zach Ertz, Elshon Jeffrey, maybe LeGarrette Blunt. I know that he didn't show up that much last week, but... I don't think that that's going to be forever because he is he is one hell of a workhorse. New Orleans at Carolina. What do you have for this one, Mike?
1: Well, you know, it's true Breeze on the road, and he hasn't played well on the road. And then the one home game he had was against New England, and we saw what Tom Brady was able to do against that porous defense that the Saints have. I know they've drafted and, and tried to put guys in, you know, the – shore up that defense in New Orleans it just hasn't happened yet they got some guys but they're young and it's going to take time and you know fortunately for New Orleans they have a high powered offense they can score with the best of them but you know on the road Drew Brees historically doesn't do as well you know I got Cam Newton ranked as the number third as a number three quarterback this week Drew Brees number eight so I don't have to tell you to start either one of those guys on the running attack though Mark Ingram seems to be getting more of the share, but you know what? I'm not overly excited about a Mark Ingram here in this game. I think that the running attack is going to come more. So from the other side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart, I got them both low-end running back twos this week. The problem with McCaffrey is everybody keys on McCaffrey, and sometimes they're using that to their advantage and making him a decoy. Greg Olson's out for Carolina. Ed Dixon as replacement is not going to do much, but that is going to give an uptick in the touches for Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funchess, and even the Jonathan Storton and Christian McCaffrey. So everybody else's game is going to be elevated. Ed Dixon more of a blocking tight end. So don't panic there and grab Ed Dixon because he's Greg Olson's replacement and think you're going to get the same results. You probably won't. Drew Brees is going to look to get the ball to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a high-end wide receiver two this week. You know, it's kind of funny there. You want Kobe Fleener to start showing up, and it looks like he has started to show up. He's a tight end one, you know. But, you know, the the, le- the leash is going to be short there with Josh Hill. Josh Hill more of the blocking tight end, though. So, you know, I, I'm i disappointed in a Ted Ginn Jr. from the Saints. I thought he was going to have more of a role. I thought he was going to do more. But don't forget, here's another name you want to go now. Remember, in fantasy football, if you're not a week ahead, you're a week behind. If you're in need for a wide receiver, it's amazing to me the amount of people that are forgetting about Willie Sneed who's going to come off this suspension this week. Next week he'll be available. You don't want to wait till next week, though, because everybody else is going to
0: become aware of it next week. So, So put him more on your radar. He's going to be that Brandon Cooks guy this year once he gets on the field for New Orleans. Yeah, when I look at this this matchup for these two teams, you'd like to think it's going to be high-powered, high-scoring, and crazy offensive game. Yet, I don't see that from Carolina. And right now, Cam Newton, he has been limited in practice, and he is going through a shoulder and ankle injury. So, I mean, you you anticipate, hopefully, that he will be out there, and you don't really want to bet against him, but the offense has been so quiet. He has put up numbers Though I mean he has been able to run the ball. He put up two hundred and twenty-eight yards passing last week and twenty-seven yards on the ground. So not too shabby for him. But you know, I think Cam Newton is still potentially worth the play for you, depending on who you have on your team. Drew Brees definitely for New Orleans is is worth the play in this one. Mark Ingram is worth the play in this one. Alvin Kamara, if you gotta go deep and go to a flex position, consider him for this one. Michael Thomas, consider him for this one. Brandon Coleman, if you need to go out there and grab somebody that might be on the waiver wire, go grab him for this one. Kobe Fleener at tight end, play him for this one. And as far as Carolina goes, Christian McCaffrey, if you got to go to running back, three or four. And Benjamin and Funchess, I do agree with Mike, are going to get more opportunities with Greg Olson being out because Olson is the number one option for Cam Newton in the receiving attack. So there's a lot of guys you can play out here. Don't be surprised if it's lower scoring than you think it was going to be, but the opportunity fantasy-wise makes it very difficult to steer you away from Benjamin and Funchess knowing Greg Olson's injury, Christian McCaffrey knowing that he is versatile, Cam Newton knowing that he can do a lot of things as well, and then the Saints knowing that they have Thomas, Coleman, Kamara, Fleener, and Ingram as well as Drew Brees. Adrian Peterson, if he doesn't fit this week, it's three weeks in a row. That's a tic-tac-toe for me, and I look to ship him elsewhere. Seattle at Tennessee, what do you have for this one?
1: Well, this is the stop what you're doing, put the coffee down, coffees for closers game. What I mean by that is, I've been talking about Chris Carson, I even drafted him in a lot of leagues this year, and he's still available in over 62% of ESPN leagues. This is a guy who we said is going to take over, and he is taking over in Seattle. Even though the blocking hasn't been where it needs to be, Chris Carson is the guy who seems to get the job done last week. Thomas Rawls got the start, but it was a Chris Carson show after that. He seems to get stronger as the game goes. So this is a guy, seventh-round pick out of Oklahoma State. Coaching staff loves him, and it's quite evident that he fits in that offense nice. On the flip side of the ball, one of the hottest pickups this week, with, uh, he's only available in like 15% of the leads, with about 25% of the people jumping on him this week, is Derrick Henry. Looks like DeMarco Murray got dinged up a bit last week, and maybe this is where Derrick Henry makes his move and tries to get on the field at a steady pace. Don't forget, it looked like he was going to be the guy, then they brought DeMarco Murray in, so I think Derrick Henry is going to be showcased a little more this week. I think you're going to expect a lot more from him, and you should. So if you need a running back, go out, just stop what you're doing, because these one of these guys is probably available. Get Chris Carson, get Derrick Henry. As far as the quarterbacks go, I mean, quarterbacks are quarterbacks. You know Philip Rivers is going to put up – I'm sorry, Phillip Rivers. Listen to me. I'm thinking of Mariota. and I'm saying Rivers. You know Mariota is going to put up a decent game The QB, two On the other side of the ball, though, I think the quarterback – Uh, The quarterback play has been okay for both guys, Russell Wilson and Mariota. So they're about a steady situation, a QB2 for each of them this week. The receiving – The receiving is where it's been for Seattle. Tyler Lockett finally came on. Paul Richardson had to step off. Paul Richardson will be back, but Tyler Lockett showed enough to show why he's worthy of being on the field. And Doug Baldwin's obviously a wide receiver one. So if you have any of those guys play him. Jimmy Graham got dinged up a bit. Not sure if he's going to be able to make the game. And on the other side of the ball, Delaney Walker at the tight end position. Definitely a tight end one.
0: Yeah, you know, what... This game, Seattle and Tennessee, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I definitely think this is, should be one that you should get your get your popcorn, sit down at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time and see Seattle take on Tennessee. I think this is going to be a pretty exciting game. I'm not sold on Russell Wilson as a fantasy quarterback. I'm just not. He doesn't put numbers together. So it's very hard for me to be like, yeah, play him, put him out there. However, if you have him in this game, it's not a bad option because Tennessee allows a lot of of receiving yards out there which means the quarterback is going to put up some yardage it's just touchdown wise it's hard for me if you have two running backs or two quarterbacks I should say and you can play Russell Wilson do it outside of that you know he's not a bad play in this game he's just not consistent and that's what how that's what really keeps him off because you know if anybody's asking well Dan you know this could be it's a top 10 guy. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to to win the big games, this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, but his number is just 198 yards against San Francisco and one touchdown. It's just gross. So fantasy wise, Chris Carson, Mike brought him up. I paid attention and then I went out and I snuck him onto my team on the waiver wire early this week. So Chris Carson is now calling the wake up call roster home Chris Carson on the team right now if he's still out there for you go get him Tyler Lockett is not a bad play as well on the team Paul Richardson even though he's not doing much he is getting into the end zone so Paul Richardson a low end three wide receiver four Tyler Lockett wide receiver three I would say potentially a two depending on where you need to go Chris Carson could be an RB2 or an RB3 for you he's putting together the numbers and to state his case. On the other side of it, Marcus Mariota, not a bad play for you. And DeMarco Murray is dinged up, as Mike made mention of. And Mike Malarkey, the head coach, is hoping that DeMarco Murray can play. He has a hamstring injury. He still said that no matter what, DeMarco's the starter, Derrick Henry's the backup. But if it's, a hamstr- if it's a hamstring injury and you're hoping that you can get DeMarco out to practice today, Friday, September 22nd, That looks really good for Derrick Henry. Corey Davis, I dropped to get Chris Carson, and Corey Davis is out with a hamstring injury. So kind of worked out in my favor. It was hard for me to let go of the guy. I was hoping that he was going to be one of those sparks. He was drafted in the top six picks in this year's NFL draft, but he hasn't been targeted that much. I do hope he gets better. He will not play in this game. So Derrick Henry for the Titans, not a bad play for you. Mariota, not a bad play. Delaney Walker, not a bad play. And this guy, I'm sure, is still out there, Rashard Matthews, 71 yards in Week 1. Rashard Matthews gets targeted. He gets opportunities against the Jaguars last week. Rashard Matthews ended up finishing the game as the second-highest receiver with 43 yards behind Delaney Walker. So he's not a terrible choice if you need to dig deep and beyond wide receiver one and two. And Delaney Walker is the tight end. Mariota likes him, so definitely Delaney, consider Rashard Matthews, consider Derrick Henry, and Marcus Mariota is not a bad play for you in this game, but he's not a quarterback one for me this week. And Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, I feel good about those two guys. Consider Paul Richardson, but of everybody in this game, Chris Carson, dare I say it, is the one I feel the best about. Next one up, Cincinnati at Green Bay. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, this one's a polar opposite game. What I mean is Aaron Rodgers, number one quarterback you can have this week. On the other side of the ball, not so much. Andy Dalton hasn't been able to get it done. They're having trouble getting anything done. They're having trouble getting any running game The only guy who I would even consider starting is A.J. Green, which should have a pretty big week because, well, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball, and A.J. Green is their number one target. I don't look for any production out of anybody else on Cincinnati's side of the ball. Ty Montgomery has put the team on his back for Green Bay. He's been able to run the ball. And when you have an Aaron Rodgers and you can run the ball, well, you're going to be able to pass the ball as well. And even though Jordy Nelson got dinged up, looks like he might be back from that Uh, leg injury I got him as a temper your expectation high end wide receiver two this week with Devontae Adams getting the wide receiver one designation because I think he's going to be a little more active and be able to run a little bit better after he catches the ball you know I I I look for this to be an all Green Bay game I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to get it done at all it's in Green Bay which both better for Green Bay as well.
0: Yeah, you know, Cincinnati was at home the first two weeks, contrary to public belief, because they played absolutely awful. You would think that they were playing against a very loud and energetic crowd, but they weren't. They were playing at home with a crowd that was in their favor in Cincinnati, in their state, and have not put together a touchdown in eight quarters. And they may not put together much of anything in this game either. This game could be the third game in a row without a touchdown for Cincinnati. You don't want to believe that. Maybe they'll get one late in the game, but Cincinnati, very ugly on offense, which leaves Andy Dalton off my list. Joe Mixon, Jeremy Hill, and Giovanni Bernard, they can't figure that out. They made a situation of a can't figure out Hill and Bernard even more difficult by adding Mixon to the mix and making this whole thing kind of just make no sense. AJ Green, not a bad play as a wide receiver two or three in this game. John Ross is out injured again, so stay away from him. Randall Cobb is nursing an injury, so you got to watch out for that. But outside of A.J. Green for Cincy, I got nothing else for you on that side. For Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery, Devontae Adams, Martellus Bennett. Consider them all. Place them all out there. Give them all a shot. Give them all an opportunity and let them get after it. Devontae Adams, I told you, You know, people still sleep on Devontae Adams, and they let you draft him, and they kind of give you that look like, is Dan crazy? Why is he getting that guy? Why did he pick him up at that time? Devontae Adams, over the last couple seasons, has inevitably taken advantage of injuries to Green Bay. Even without injuries, he gets his work in. With a healthy Jordy Nelson, he still had more than 10 touchdowns last year. And with Jordy Nelson not getting anything going last week in green not last week in the game green bay up against atlanta devontae adams eight catches 99 yards so you don't have jordy nelson devontae adams is the number one guy and he had a touchdown when you have jordy nelson devontae adams still gets his job in so devontae ty montgomery martellus bennett and then you want to give some love of course to the man aaron Rodgers. and consider green bay's defense because they're playing cincinnati once again We'll take our final step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Totora inside a Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York on 3680 Milton Ave. When we come back after this fast break, we'll wrap things up with Kansas City, Chargers, Oakland against Washington, and Dallas at Arizona. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family friendly. and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat Family-Friendly Sports Pub and Restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. And on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt. You are listening live on mixlr.com backslash wake call dt. And if you haven't become a member, make sure you do so today. Becoming a member gets you emailed every single time the show goes live. All you have to do is open your email, click listen live, and you are brought straight through the live stream. In the beauty of the internet. And you are right there, right into the show within seconds. So make sure that you become a member and you can chat with me in the live chat room. Members, only members can do that. So make sure that you join Mix L R. Dot com backslash wake call dt as a member. You're also listening to the MixLR live feed that is carried on the homepage of all things Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on WakeupcallDT.com. Under that live feed, make sure that you download the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the Wake Up Call DT free show app, courtesy of Podbean. On each of those logos underneath the live feed, you can click on them and it'll bring you straight through to what you need to download, bookmark, and save for your future enjoyment of over 750 shows dating back to July of 2012. We are inside of Fantasy Football Friday here with Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, and we have a few more games to go to round out week three. So Mike, let's jump right into it. Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, the Chargers are a hard-luck team. If not for two late missed field goals, they might be 2-0, and oh, they're 0-2. They're a better team than people think. So, you know, I'm going to give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt here, but they're playing the Chiefs, who have played very solid and have a lot of speed. I'm not sure that the Charger defense is going to be able to keep up with that Kansas City offense, even though the game's going to be in L.A. I think that if you have... You know, either quarterback here, you're going to be okay. Alex Smith doesn't bowl me over by any means, but he's definitely a mid-range quarterback too this week. Kansas City is going to be able to move the ball because of Tyreek Hill and his speed stretch to defense, but he's a low-end wide receiver too this week. And, you know, you got to go with Kareem Hunt. Definitely a running back one. This guy has exploded on the scene. He can catch the ball whenever he gets the ball in his hands. He's like a Marshall Falk type guy. He can catch it. He can run. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. And he, oh, he can bust one at any time as well. So, and of course, Travis Kelsey, solid tight end. And you know, as for a top tight end, he's been pretty consistent and he's consistently healthy as of late. So, hopefully, that'll keep up on the LA side. And i have I probably said San Diego more than once today, but on the L.A. side of the ball for the Chargers, you know, Phillip Rivers is a low-end QB1 this week. He's been putting up some decent numbers, just hasn't, you know, wowed anybody, but he's got some decent options to throw the ball to. And the growing option at tight end is Hunter Henry, just as we had talked about in the past. They gave Antonio Gates that touchdown, and it looks like there's beginning to see that shift. It looks like it's going to be more Hunter Henry, Less Antonio Gates, but you know, you got to make sure that you mention, you know, the receivers that you know, uh, Phil Rivers has to throw the ball to Keenan Allen, solid wide receiver one, and Tyrell Williams, a wide receiver three this week. He's been getting a little more involved. I'm not sure we're going to see a Mike Williams yet, still dinged up, but um, you know, I look for the Chargers maybe to surprise some people in this game. I know the Chiefs are a dominant team, but this should be an interesting game to watch because the Chargers I feel are underrated with that 0 2 blemish.
0: Yeah, you know, it's definitely gonna be an interesting game to watch and it could be it could be the bet, you know, could be the best challenge that Kansas City has had because it's a divisional matchup and they know each other. So this could be a closer matchup than maybe you think it might be at times. However, when it comes to fantasy, I feel good about Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. In this game, I would play them every single week until I specify anything different. And then, as far as San Diego, pardon me, San Diego, as far as Los Angeles' side of things, Phillip Rivers, not a bad play, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, not a bad play as well, and Hunter Henry. So, you know, there's more people on the Chargers that I'll say fantasy-wise to play, but that doesn't mean I don't think Kansas City's going to win the game on the road. I just think Kareem Hunt does so much, and, and so does Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, also worth the play, and I told you just because he was quiet in Week 1 doesn't mean that will stay in Week 2. I said look for Travis Kelsey to get back on it. He led the team with 103 yards. Closest person to him was 55 yards receiving for Chris Conley. Eight catches, 103 yards, most targets with 10, and had the only touchdown. Pat, uh, receiving for Kansas City last week. So Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and Tyreek Hill, put them out there. And on Los Angeles Chargers side, Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers, consider consider Keenan Allen and play Hunter Henry. Here's an interesting fact, and I want to bring this up. There is the notion that San Diego, who just moved, literally just moved to Los Angeles, there is the notion that they will be coming back to San Diego After being in L.A., which is not even L.A., it's Carson right now, but being in that area for just one year, there's the notion that San Diego will be coming right back. I put a poll out on Twitter that you can vote in, at CallDT, that's C-A-L-L-D-T, that says there's a potential of Chargers moving back to San Diego after literally just moving to L.A. Where do you want to see the Chargers? 95% 95% of votes said, go back to San Diego, we'd love to see you back home again. 5% want them to stay in L.A. What do you think about the notion that San Diego already is not selling tickets, and or the, the Chargers, I should say, are already not selling tickets in L.A., and there's already the thought of them going back to San Diego?
1: is a funny town, and the fact that we got one NFL team there is a miracle now, too. There's a reason why NFL teams have left. I know it's a big town. I know it's a big TV market, but there's so much. The, the city situation is so spread out. Unless you have a rabid fan base such as Oakland does, or unless you have a, a rabid you know, core of fans, you have your own identity... You know, San Diego slash LA Chargers—they don't even have a mascot. I play a game with my brother where you know sometimes we travel the country and sometimes we'll try to catch a game somewhere. And we have a—the a, rule of the game is you can't check the stadium off the bucket list unless you get your picture with the mascot. Poor guy's been to see the Chargers play in San Diego a half dozen times, can't mark it off because they don't have a mascot. People say, well, "Wait a second, what about the guy with the shoulder pads and the lightning face?" He's not their mascot. That was a fan, and he got disgruntled with the team, and he stopped showing up, and he gave it up. So I know that's petty. Who else in fantasy football is going to talk about team mascots? But, you know, I think there's more of a consideration for people to show up to the games and spend money in San Diego, even though it's just down the road from L.A., than, you know, the L.A. fans who are laissez-faire, they don't care, you know, show up late, leave early, if they show up at all.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's stupid to take a team out of San Diego. And, I mean, you know, the fans showed up. for I mean, at least on, I've never been to San Diego. But it looked like the fans enjoyed it, that they showed up. L.A. doesn't make any sense. Fool me once, fool me twice. What is fool me three times? Because this is where we're at with L.A. They lose it, they gain it, they lose it, they gain it. And now they have two franchises and still trying to figure things out. If there, if if somehow, some way, the Rams can last there, good for the Rams. But San Diego, open your arms back up to the Chargers and let them come back home. I don't think two teams are going to last there. If one team lasts, that you know, that's what they should have done. They should have said, let's see if we can get one team to stick around. And if we could do that, we'll move forward. I don't know how two teams are going to make it happen there. But you know, the NFL in its infinite wisdom thought it would work for a third time. Third time's the charm. Maybe it'll work for the Rams. Probably not going to work. I don't see it working for two teams. And if you're already not selling tickets two games into the season, if you're already not doing that, not even two games. And I mean, when we go back and we look at the chargers and their schedule so far, right, they've only had one home game. If you're not selling tickets to one home game, where they only lost by two points, if you're not selling tickets for that, and you only played one game, then guess what, folks? They said that the only reason why the stadium was loud was because Miami Dolphins fans traveled so well from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, gained three hours of time, jet lag and all. There were more Miami fans cheering than Charger fans cheering in Los Angeles at the home game. First home game for the LA Chargers ever. First home LA Chargers game ever. And there was more Dolphins fans there. So if that doesn't tell you something about your welcoming or unwelcoming in, in Los Angeles, go back home to San Diego and say thanks for nothing, L.A., and move on with your life. The next game that we have to come up with is Oakland at Washington. It's Sunday night football. What do you have for this one, Mike?
1: This is one you're definitely going to want to watch. There's going to be a lot of points scored. There's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored. And that all begins at quarterback, and that begins at quarterback for both teams because, well, both defenses aren't very good. Oakland's defense is very porous, but they got a high-powered offense, which should counterbalance any strength on Washington's defense. Both quarterbacks are QB1s, definite starts. Marshawn Lynch, QB, I'm sorry, RB2 this week. But, you know what, he's impressed me. He's done a lot more and a lot better than I thought he would a year out of football. So, so good for Marshawn Lynch. The running back situation in Washington is muddied right now. Samadja Perrine did find himself back on the field. Still having problems with the pass blocking. Chris Thompson's best definitely your PPR guy, but he appears to be the best running back of the bunch right now. He's able to break away. He has that Florida State speed. So this is a guy that you definitely want to make sure is on your roster. He was one of the most highly picked up people this week with 20% of the people in ESPN leagues jumping out and grabbing him. And then on the receiving end, the surprise has been for the Raiders. Well, the surprise for most people that don't play fantasy anyway is Michael Crabtree. So you got to understand, Michael Crabtree Wants to be a number one receiver. He can be a number one receiver. There's a problem. The number one cornerbacks can cover him as a number one receiver. But when he's the number two receiver and you have Amari Cooper there, like Tribute is like a tweener. He's better than anybody else's two-corner. He's not better in everybody's one corner. So I actually have Crabtree ranked a little bit higher at five this week in wide receivers and Cooper at eight. So that means that Derek Carr is going to get a lot of points. Crabtree is going to get a lot of points. And Amari Cooper is going to get a lot of points. So if you have any of those guys, I don't need to tell you. You definitely need to start them. Tight end for the Redskins. Jordan Reed, a little dinged up. If he plays, that's definitely a guy you want. Whenever he can roll out on the field, you definitely want to start Jordan Reed.
0: Yeah, looking at these two teams, and I'm going to start with the road team, as I always do with the Oakland Raiders, as far as injuries go, Amari Cooper was limited in practice in the middle of the week with a knee injury, and he has been limited because of all the focus on Michael Crabtree in general. Jared Cook has also been limited due to a shoulder injury for the tight end position for the Raiders. As far as the skins go, In this game, Rob Kelly, ribs, was limited in Thursday practice. He is questionable. Jordan Reed, rib and sternum injury was limited. The pain is becoming manageable. We'll see how he does Friday is what Jay Gruden, the head coach, had to say about Jordan Reed in this game. As far as the Raiders go, I like Derek Carr in this. I brought up this guy. I kind of put him in the back of my head, Jalen Richard. Not a bad guy to put out there for you. Scored a touchdown and led the team in rushing yardage in their win over the Jets. Jalen Richard, if you got to go deep or you got to go flex and you got to pick somebody up at the end of everything here, you know, if you got to just get somebody last second, waiver wire, free agency, I'm sure he's in your free agency. Make it happen. So, Jalen Richard is potentially worth that grab if you got somebody on IR and you got to make a quick move. Marshawn Lynch also in this game. Michael Crabtree in the game. You know, those are the guys that I really like. And then as far as Washington goes. I'm not 100% sold on Kirk Cousins as a a quarterback one this week, but he's not a horrible option for you. I do think that Chris Thompson is worth a pickup. I'm sure he's available for you. This is a guy, Chris Thompson, who is in his fourth season out of Florida State, and he has been running the ball and catching the ball and doing the work out of the backfield. He had three carries for 77 yards. I didn't stutter. Three carries for 77 yards against the Rams, who we saw is an, are, they are not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. 25.7 yards a carry in the in his last game in Week Two, two touchdowns. Samaje Perine got involved as well, 21 carries for 67 yards. So I look to Thompson and Perine in this game, and if you got to go wide receiver three or four, maybe a Crowder or a Pryor, but they're not consistent. So because I would like to see more of an output than I've seen so far from him. Final game that we have to do, Dallas at Arizona. This used to be an NFC East divisional matchup before there was realignment. So Dallas at Arizona is Monday Night Football. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, there's going to be quarterback play is going to be important for both teams, obviously, in this game because neither team has been able to run the ball effectively, even though the Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke's got to bounce back. I don't see how he cannot. He had to give up. He had the the calling out. So I look for Zeke to bounce back this week. I think he's definitely a running back one. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to benefit from that. He's a high-end quarterback, too, this week. And on the other side of the ball, Carson Palmer, if he can just maintain, they got a solid defense in Arizona. If he can get the ball to the likes of a Larry Fitzgerald or somebody out of the backfield, I see somebody out of the backfield because they just went out and took Chris Johnson off the street. That's right. Chris Johnson, who used to be the running back there due to David Johnson's injury, Chris Johnson years ago had 4 2 speed, a product out of Olympia High School in Orlando, East Carolina guy. This guy used to be able to fly. Well, he's still got some moves, and he can still get things done. As a matter of fact, he's the highest-ranked running back this week for Arizona. But don't get overly excited. Temporary expectations. It's a desperation play. If he's available and you need him, pick him up. But don't expect too much. He's a low-end low running back three or four this week. Kerwin Williams, the rook who they're trying to get the ball to, is right behind him. And, and Ellington, I, I just don't see that committee getting as much done against Dallas as they need to. Larry Fitzgerald's the guy they're going to throw the ball to. They're going to try to throw the ball to anyway if, he, if they can you know, keep him upright. So I look for this to be a competitive game. I think it's going to be an excellent game for a Monday night in Arizona. Hopefully they'll have the roof open so Hopefully it'll be a great game for you, both fantasy-wise and entertainment-wise on TV.
0: Yeah. You know, when when I look at this matchup between the Cowboys and the Cardinals, you would like to think this is going to be a huge, huge matchup going into the season. You're thinking that, you know, two of arguably the best running backs in the country, Ezekiel Elliott against David Johnson, it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be action-packed. These guys are going to go up against each other's defenses and see who can be the best, who's going to come out with the crown. Ezekiel Elliott, top three running back. David Johnson, number one running back. And then David Johnson gets hurt, and Ezekiel Elliott plays like garbage because it apparently he felt like it. So this changes this game in a big way, I do think. And now the thing is, Dallas is going to be on the road. So Dak Prescott to me this week is a quarterback, too. Jason Witten is worth the play. Des Bryant is worth the play. Cole Beasley is worth wide receiver three or four. Zeke, I would consider him a running back, too. But I would be wary of my expectations of him. On the other side of it, Carson Palmer, not a bad quarterback too. J.J. Nelson and Larry Fitzgerald, if J.J. Nelson is healthy and ready to go. And Chris Johnson, if you got a dig and you need a flex guy, why the heck not at this point? Arizona is going to get – they're going to score. They're going to get points. They're going to have opportunities. I like J.J. if he's healthy. Larry Fitzgerald can't stay down too long. And, you know, Chris Johnson – consider. Carson Palmer, consider. Dak Prescott, consider. But really, Jason Winton, Des Bryant, and potentially Cole Beasley. I still like them all in this because they all get involved. Cole Beasley had eight targets in the last game. Des Bryant had 16 thrown his way. Witten caught 10 of his 13. He was the best when it came to targets going his way. And Jason Winton scored a touchdown and almost had 100 yards in the game. So, you know, I, I feel good about guys like that in this matchup. And I do feel like Chris Johnson might look like he's in midseason form three years ago because he's playing the Cowboys, who have just kind of crapped out a little bit. So with that being said, and Arizona doesn't have a bad defense and special teams. so that's that's why I don't lean too heavily on, on Dallas in this one. I think Arizona will do some nice things. Zeke, I don't I'm not gonna tell you not to play him, but for me to say in fantasy that it's up to Zeke what he wants to do, and he's playing a pretty good defense. If he decides to quit on you, nobody can control any of that except for Ezekiel Elliott. At the same time, they're playing Arizona and they're playing on the road. So there's other better options out there for you. As always, Mike Sofka, always appreciate having the man on the show. We always seem to go a little bit longer because we care about making sure that you have what you need. Mike, thank you for being a part of Fantasy Football Friday, for leading us through week three. And I obviously, as always, look forward to talking with you soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon.